Welcome to Sunrise, your weekday podcast bringing you a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Tremel Gomes, reporting from the Florida Capitol, where lawmakers kick off the once-a-decade redistricting process, but continues to block the public from seeing draft maps. That is such an insult to the public and so contrary to Florida's reputation as the sunshine state. We are, they are not letting a bit of sunshine into, into this process. Also this committee week, lawmakers will try to come up with a plan for what's next after the state drops high stakes standardized testing. Florida Education Commissioner Richard Corcoran says better is possible. And have the exact same accountability system protect what has been absolutely instrumental in the state. A newly filed bill aims to make school board elections partisan. Christian Ziegler with the Republican Party of Florida says nonpartisan races are a sham. The number one question we get from voters every single cycle is they call us up and they say, hey, this school board area, who are Republicans, who are Democrats on my ballot? And after an intensive search, authorities say a body discovered Sunday in Wyoming is believed to be that of Florida resident Gabby Petito. Today's Sunrise interview jumps us right into a hot topic for this committee week, and that is redistricting. Ellen Frieden, who was the campaign chair of the drive to amend the Florida Constitution to require more compact legislative and congressional districts through Amendments 5 and 6, which passed in 2010, is our guest. We'll also hear what else is buzzing around the Capitol Rotunda, plus your calendar of political events and more. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics. Following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Online sports betting, it's legal and it's coming to Florida. With passage of our amendment next year, any tax revenues collected are required to supplement the Florida Educational Enhancement Trust Fund. Hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue for students and teachers, with more choices and competition for Florida consumers. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at FloridaEducationChampions.com. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, September 20th. It's National Fried Rice Day, Rum and Rum Punch Day, and if anything that I'm saying doesn't make sense, that's because it's National Gibberish Day. On this day in 1830, the National Negro Convention convenes in Philadelphia with the purpose of abolishing slavery. In 2001, U.S. President George W. Bush, addressing a joint session of Congress, declares a war on terror. Don't ask, don't tell, a U.S. military policy that theoretically lifted a ban on homosexuals in the armed forces, provided that individuals kept their sexuality private, officially ended on this day in 2011. And in 2017, Hurricane Maria struck Puerto Rico, causing more than $90 billion in damages, and according to government officials, nearly 3,000 deaths. Saying the state system of standardized testing in public schools is quite frankly outdated, Governor Ron DeSantis announced last week that lawmakers will consider a proposal during the 2022 legislative session to end the Florida standards assessments. That kicks off during this committee week in putting to paper details of the governor's new proposed system. Education Commissioner Richard Corcoran says he believes they can come up with something better. With algorithms and where we are with computer technology, we can take that 
progress monitoring data and have the exact same accountability system protect what has been absolutely instrumental in the state. The move would make Florida the first state in the nation to switch from end-of-the-year assessments to state standards-aligned progress monitoring, according to a news release from the governor's office. But some education groups had questions and urged details about the new proposal. Do you think school boards should be partisan? Senator Joe Gruters, a Sarasota Republican who also serves as chairman of the Republican Party of Florida, filed SJR 244 on Thursday, a measure that seeks to turn school board elections into partisan contests. Currently in Florida, school board elections are nonpartisan races. Gruters aims to place a constitutional amendment on the November 2022nd ballot, allowing voters to choose whether school board elections should be partisan. Speaking to Mitch Perry at Bay News 9, Christian Ziegler, the vice chair of the Republican Party of Florida, says nonpartisan races are a sham. What people don't realize, unless you're involved with the Republican Party and the headquarters operations, is the number one question we get from voters every single cycle is they call us up and they say, hey, this school board area, who are Republicans, who are Democrats on my ballot? On Sunday, State Representative Spencer Roach, a Republican of Fort Myers, filed a similar proposal, HJR 35. After census delays, Florida lawmakers kick off the complex once-a-decade process of redrawing state legislative and congressional districts this week. Today, the Senate Reapportionment Committee receives presentations on census data in preparation for the redistricting process, which could change the voting patterns of a particular district or give one party an advantage over another. Doing so intentionally is against Florida's Fair Districts Law. Ellen Frieden, with Fair Districts Now, part of a coalition responsible for the voter-approved Fair Districts Amendments, says she's concerned lawmakers aren't doing enough to be transparent. She's our guest on today's Sunrise interview. Well, Truman, thanks so much for having me on your podcast this morning. Um, I am watching just like you are. And yes, we've been waiting for a long time. This is an extraordinarily late beginning to the redistricting process here in Florida. And I think if you ask the legislature why it's late, they would say, well, we didn't get the census data um, until just a few weeks ago. And the answer to that is committees weren't set up. They haven't announced any processes. They haven't announced public hearings. It's apparent that they're not having public hearings. But all of that was, oh, in previous redistricting cycles, was announced and actually underway way before the census data came in. So this is a very unusual cycle. And unfortunately, it seems to be a lot more secretive than it has in the past. Giving them the benefit of the doubt of like, you know, if there is a need to have an excuse, they they have a few that they can choose from, like the pandemic being one of them. But, and we've seen like how we're communicating here virtually, there are means to still have these public hearings. So have they addressed or have you heard them given an excuse as to why they still not even scheduled a meeting yet? Well, no, I haven't heard anything. And I don't think that that given, and you're, you're 100% right, I don't think given the technological advances that have happened in the last 10 years, that it's even necessary for them to actually travel around the state 
listening to people. And of course, COVID makes that a very dicey situation. Um, but there is no reason in the world that they can't have virtual public hearings and they aren't having them. They're not, they're not scheduling them. They've said that. If you can provide some historical context from the last time we did this a decade ago, what has changed to now? Have we seen some improvements in the way districts are drawn or are things still going down the line of crazy town of some of those districts that are just all squiggly and all over the place? Well, it it remains to be seen what's going to come out of this redistricting cycle. But in 2010, Floridians, 63% of Floridians put in the Constitution, voted to put in the Constitution restrictions that are the legislature is constitutionally required to follow uh, when they draw district lines. And, um, and those, the first and foremost one part of that is that they cannot draw districts with intent to favor a party or an incumbent. They must uh, ensure that the ability of minority voters, that would be language minorities or racial minority voters, um, they must ensure that the, their ability to elect representatives of their choice is not diminished and districts are required to be compact. They're required to be equal in population. They're required to follow existing city and county lines and not split up cities and counties to the extent possible. And of course, the districts have to be contiguous. They have, that means all parts have to touch. So in the last redistricting, the legislature engaged in a conspiracy with outside political consultants, political operatives, and had the political operatives draw the maps. And then they developed a really sneaky way to to get those maps inside the legislative process. You know what they did is they they gave parts of those of all of their maps to um, to people whose names wouldn't be identified with any particular party. And they asked those people to submit those maps to the legislature. Actually, the legislature set up a public portal for the purpose of being able to slip these maps into the legislative system. So the maps that were first drawn by the legislature in 2012 were not compliant with the new amendments that 63% of Floridians had voted for. It took about three and a half years of very difficult, very hard fought litigation brought by groups that were concerned about fair redistricting in Florida and wanted to see it happen to actually have court approved maps installed, particularly for the Congress and for the the, uh, state Senate. Um, So that litigation went on. And during that time is when we learned about this scheme, about the conspiracy to pull the wool over the eyes of Floridians. It probably is one of the biggest scams, if not the biggest scam that's ever been perpetrated by legislators. Yeah, well, we'll wait and see and uh, preparing what if their maps already re- ready. They probably are, but <laughs> but, but we, they're not going to show them to us, I can tell you that. The public is not going to see maps for a while. We'd like to see 
the legislature live stream all the map drawing. You know, with today's technology, there is no reason in the world that they can't live stream the screens of, of the computers that they're using to draw the maps. So why not let the public see how these maps are drawn? But in fact, they have a, a legislative rule and they've passed a statute that says the public can't see draft maps. And that's, that is such an insult to the public and so contrary to Florida's reputation as the sunshine state. We are, they are not letting a bit of sunshine into, into this process. We've asked them to make their uh, communications and draft maps available just as public records. And they have totally ignored that request. We've asked every legislator to sign a pledge to follow the Fair Districts Amendments. Now that's just, that's consistent with the oath that they take to follow the constitution. Only 19 of 160 legislators have signed that pledge to follow the Fair Districts Amendments. Thanks to Ellen Frieden with Fair Districts Now. Here's your calendar of events. House Minority Office co-leader Evan Jenny and State Representative Fentress Driscoll will speak to reporters to kick off this first committee week. The House Health Care Appropriations Subcommittee will receive an overview of budget requests from the Agency for Persons with Disabilities, the Department of Elder Affairs, and the Department of Veterans Affairs. That's at 11.15. The House Health and Human Services Committee will hold a workshop on hospital care innovation with information about Advent Health and the Mayo Clinic at 1.00 at Morris Hall. The House Pandemics and Public Emergencies Committee will receive updates on the state's hospital system at 1 in 404 House Office Building. The House Judiciary Committee will receive a presentation by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement about issues such as criminal justice data transparency. That's at 245 in 404 House Office Building. The Senate Reapportionment Committee will receive presentation on issues such as census data as it prepares for the once-a-decade redistricting process. That's at 345 today in the Knott Building. Also, the State Public Service Commission will start what is expected to be a multi-day hearing about a proposed settlement that would raise base electric rates for customers of Florida Power and Light. And an administrative law judge will hear arguments on a request by the Florida Department of Health to dismiss challenges to a rule dealing with mask mandates in schools. That's at 1 o'clock. Authorities say a body discovered Sunday in Wyoming is believed to be Gabrielle Gabby Petito, who disappeared while on a cross-country trek with a boyfriend who has been identified by authorities as a person of interest and is now being sought within a Florida nature preserve. Full forensic identification has not been completed to confirm 100% that we found Gabby, but her family has been notified of this discovery. The FBI said the body was found by law enforcement agents who had spent the past two days searching campgrounds. The cause of death has not yet been determined, said FBI Supervisor Special Agent Charles Jones. And finally, as you jumpstart your day, thanks for tuning in for today's Sunrise. I'm Tramel Gomes at the Capitol, inviting you to join us again tomorrow for a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture.